Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of the Revenue Marketing Report powered by Caliber Mind. Our goal on the RMR is to help marketers move from subject matter experts to strategic business partners. I'm your host, Kamala Thompson, and I'm thrilled to introduce Mark Raffin. Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. My background is not in marketing, surprisingly enough. My background's in sales and procurement and started the content call-out uh, agency, which is a B2B content marketing agency, just over two years ago, almost two and a half years ago. And at that time, we also started a podcast, which is the content callout, all about B2B content marketing. And uh, the whole thesis behind starting it was we had already built up a negotiation training company using content marketing. And we thought, listen, if we could do this for ourselves, I bet we could do it for other people. And here we are two and a half years later doing what we do. I'm really excited to hear about your background, particularly having come from sales, because that positions us very well to talk about this topic, which is negotiating expectations with the executive team. So I think most, if not all of us in marketing are familiar with the pressures that the sales team are under. They want to hit the quota right now. Their timeline is or visibility into how far they're looking into the future tends to be a little bit shorter than marketing's are incentivized to do. How can we put some structure around negotiation here? Like what should negotiation look like before we even dive into this particular example? So what I find super interesting about marketing and negotiation in general is that they're built on the same foundation, right? So they're, they're both built on influence and they're both built on persuasion. And I think what a lot of marketing people do is they almost separate themselves from the job, right? The job, their job is to influence and persuade people. But then for whatever reason, in their own internal lives, whether it's internally within the organization or even at home, they forget about all the stuff that they're really, really good at. And when we're trying to influence and persuade internally within the organization and get what we need to get from C-level executives, regardless of what that is, whether it's timelines or budget or support or whatever it is, we forget about all of those influence things that make us good at what we do. And they're not new ideas. They're like really old ideas. Like Aristotle came up with this stuff over 2,000 years ago when he was talking about rhetoric and he was getting into logos, pathos, ethos, and kairos, right? And so when we think of it in those fundamental four pillars, that's how I would like most people in marketing to think. So first of all, there's got to be logos. There's got to be logic. So how we approach the executive or the C-level person who we need to get something from, there needs to be logic behind whatever it is we're asking for. So why should someone logically make a decision? But then there needs – and that most people are kind of good at that, but where we fall flat is – you know, when someone says no to us, we say to ourselves, well, the logic was all there. I don't know why someone didn't make that decision. And then we forget, right, of course, people don't make decisions based on logic. They justify their decisions with logic, but they make decisions based on emotion. And that's what pathos is. So there's got to be an emotional appeal 
to why we're asking for that thing. So what is it going to do to change how that person feels about what it is you're asking for? So, And to really break it down super, super simply, and this is for those of you who are listening that are like psych majors, it's going to sound super familiar. Freud talks about pain and pleasure, right? People are going to make decisions primarily based on the pain that they're going to avoid or the pleasure that they're going to gain. So when we're having these internal discussions with our executives, I want people to think very clearly about what pain am I going to accentuate in this discussion and help the executive avoid, right? I'm I'm going to draw attention to a piece of pain or something that they will experience if they don't make a decision in my favor. And then what pleasure am I going to try and accentuate that they could achieve if they did make a decision in my favor? And for most of us, that looks like pain equals the fear of missing out, right? We're going to miss out on this opportunity if we don't do this thing, pain. Or we could get this opportunity if we did this thing, pleasure. Now, it can go much deeper than that, and you can really dive into it. But pain and pleasure are really, really important. So when you're trying to understand how to emotionally attach to someone or get their emotional attachment to what you're asking for, think about pain and pleasure before you go into the discussion and how you could accentuate that. Um, And then the last two pieces are... We, we said logos, pathos, ethos is ethical credibility. That's really a, your clout internally, right? What's your credibility within the organization? How are you driving that forward? What's your brand? That's probably our most equal modern term. What's your personal brand? And then the last one is kairos, which is timing. So your, your timing has to be appropriate too. Is this the right time to have that conversation or can we leverage creating the right time for this kind of situation. So if you can think in those four big buckets before you go into the conversation, it makes that that request much easier. Awesome. I I mean, I love all of this. I'm a huge psychology nerd and this speaks to me. The reason why for listeners who are in marketing operations and thinking, this doesn't really apply to me, I want to repeat what I heard just this morning, and I'm going to get an emotional response because I know I got emotional when I heard it. But the person I was speaking to said, marketing operations, they're the nerds who sit in the corner that the executive team already thinks they pay too much. So it's really hard for them to convince anybody that they, they should have another tool. I wanted to throw something, and I'm sure people listening are probably like yelling right now. But this just emphasizes the need to get better at negotiating and understanding your audience and that you need to discover the emotion that you're fighting against and then figure out how to help them rationalize the decision you're driving them towards. So let's talk about a scenario. We have a marketing department with really aggressive lead generation goals. We're interested in marketing and getting advanced analytics and attribution to prove that we're not just impacting lead generation, we're also helping drive sales over the finish line. First, I need to convince my CMO that this is a good idea and their budget, they either have to choose between going to a couple events or investing in some kind of direct mail tool or investing in this analytics tool. What are the things I need to consider as a marketer I know that from my perspective as marketing ops, 
I'm wasting a week a month on spreadsheets and it takes me two weeks to really get the data to a place every quarter in order to get the reports that everybody wants. I know the CMO isn't compelled by that because I've tried it in the past and it's not working. Where should I be looking next? So I think the answer is in the question. Question is, how do I get someone to do this? And they, I've already discovered that they really don't care about me saving a week of my time. So that's part of the persuasion, right? Like, so we could say something that, that could be part of the logic of why someone would make a decision. The logic is, if you make this decision to give us this tool, we save a week of X, Y, Z, number of employees, personal time, which equals X dollars, and that helps us to drive attribution. That's great. Fantastic. Very good logic. But no one cares. So why would someone want to make that decision emotionally? What pain could we help them avoid? Or what pleasure could we help them gain? And then let them use the logic to justify the decision all day long. Who cares? But what pain can we help them avoid? What? Let me ask you the question. What do CMOs really, really need to do every single quarter in order to maintain a job and get more funding for their organizations? As someone who's been in the boardroom presenting, I need to show that I am making the correct decisions and that I am helping the company achieve their goals. And those goals are very specifically, first and foremost, bookings. And second, pipeline is a leading indicator. That's what my board members care about. And that all comes down to your ability as a CMO to forecast accurately what you think the effect of marketing is going to be on pipeline. So if we know that, then what are we doing there to... Number one, reduce the fear or the pain that a person could experience by having that, exp that presentation done correctly so that we can support them in that presentation to show that the marketing ops and all of the attribution is doing what that person said they would do in terms of forecasting. And what are we doing to support that function or that conversation that that person is having in the board meeting to drive the conversation of predictability and forecasting forward? To tell the CMO that, look, you get to save a week out of every month for this number of employees and it's this kind of cost savings, we know they don't care. But to help them save their job by giving them the predictability of the data and all that kind of stuff, that's an entirely different conversation. So when you have that conversation, yes, you pitch it as, look, the logic behind this decision is X, Y, and Z employee save a week a month and we get that money. But what's really important is that this helps you to drive predictability so that when you go into your boardroom conversations, you can speak intelligently to this forecast and say that marketing drives this value. This also helps you to get out of any awkward conversations that you may have with the board and with the CEO on how marketing actually is driving dollars for the organization. 
And that's the real value of making this decision. Now, when the CMO hears that conversation, they're going to say, okay, well, that makes a ton of sense. Cool. Let's have another conversation. What does this look like? Now, the, the, pathos side, sorry, the ethos side of this, the ethical credibility and the Kairos side are, are really, really important. If you can time, especially Kairos, if you can time your conversation to, you know, a, a couple weeks before the board presentation or three weeks before the board presentation, that's going to really, really, really help them. Yeah. Or tie it to a very steep investment that they're making for, let's say, a hymns booth or a big healthcare show, that's $350,000 and, and we haven't been doing in-person events for a while and we've been doing fine. So why are we spending money on that booth? That is a question they're going to hear in the boardroom over and over and over. <laughs> so if we could tie to that. Now I want to take a step back for just a second. The things standing in way of making the purchase or key objections as, you know, I always think of this from a sales standpoint. One of those is FOMO, fear of missing out. If I invest on this analytics tool, I'm not spending on what I view as a revenue generating tool, and I could be missing out on additional pipeline and revenue. How, if we can recognize that objection is coming because we know their budget is, is being taken away from other activities, how can we start to formulate a response? So I think the thing that we've got to think about is why does that person want the revenue generating tool to drive more revenue, obviously. But if the improvements that we make in operations could help us identify areas where we are missing out on existing revenue to improve, and that's going to dramatically improve revenue going forward, and then we can buy the revenue generating tool next quarter, why wouldn't we, if you could say, hey, I think we could find areas where we're missing out on 30% of existing opportunities and dramatically improve our existing pipeline, that's a different conversation. To draw a cost-by-cost -cost analysis is you're never going to win that argument, right? Because you're going to say, well, this thing for operations is $100,000 a year, and this thing for revenue generation is also $100,000 a year, they're always going to choose the revenue generating tool. But you haven't said why someone should make that decision both logically and emotionally. Once you can make that counter argument, then they're at least willing to get into a conversation with you. Now, there's no guarantee that they're going to say yes, but your goal is to at least drive the conversation. So that next time, if you miss out on this opportunity, you get the tool, they remember, oh, right, we still need that tool because it's going to help us identify missed opportunities for us to drive on. So I think as long as you can do that, you're okay. Don't, don't do sort of like a line-by-line, -line, cost cost-by-cost analysis because it's really not going to help you. Right. right. Okay. So I know you, you just kind of did this, but let's very explicitly for each four points kind of go through for this scenario. And then I would love to circle back to our original scenario, which is setting expectations with sales. You bet. So first one is logos. There's got to be a logical reason why someone would make an ops software purchase over making a revenue software purchase. So what is the logic behind it? We can find the revenue that we may be missing out on within our existing pipeline logic. Then there has to be pathos. There has to be an emotional appeal. 
if we don't find this revenue, we are going to continue to exacerbate the problem. And it doesn't matter if we, ha if we get the new revenue generating opportunity, this problem is just going to grow. Because it already, we know that the potential for this already existing is just there. So we're going to miss out on a larger volume of opportunities. And do we want to miss out on that fear of missing out? Or that's the pain side of the argument. Or you can draw them to the pleasure side. Of it. Look at all of the amazing opportunities that we could capture as a result of implementing blah, blah, blah. Right. So pleasure side of the argument. Job security. Job security is <laughs> yeah. a big deal. Right. Think yeah. of think of the conversation you could have in your next board meeting when you say, hey, by implementing this tool, we uncovered 30 percent more opportunities. Wow. Different conversation. Then there's ethos, which is the ethical credibility. And we really can't cover that in today's podcast, but really this is about making sure that you have good credibility within the organization, right? You're doing what you said you were going to do. You're delivering consistently. You're doing your job. You're representing the brand well. All of that's really, really important. And then the last piece is Kairos, which is timing, which is just making sure that you're having this conversation well ahead of the board meeting, but close enough to the board meeting where it's still going to resonate emotionally for that person. Yeah, a couple of weeks after may be the perfect time because next time we go in there, the tool's going to be in place and this could be an easier conversation. Love it. Okay, so this scenario, I think we've all seen. Sales is very focused on hitting their number this quarter. The new initiatives we're rolling out aren't producing today. How can we set some realistic timelines? And is there some opportunity for negotiation on the marketing side and maybe looking at shorter term tactics to supplement that issue? That's a loaded okay. question. Indeed. Yeah. So I want to I want to break it down. Give me the first part of the question again. Sales is missing their targets. Sales is missing their targets. We just rolled out new initiatives. It's going to take time for them to take effect. And now the CMO is coming to us saying, hey, I need results now. The CMO is coming to us and saying, how long is it going to take to see results? I need them now. Yes. So I think the first thing that needs to be had is to have a realistic, logical conversation. Again, going back to the same four pillars that we were talking about before. We started these initiatives with the timeline in mind when we came to you. Right. So there's there's no real way to accelerate the timelines of the existing initiatives we have, because that's how long it generally takes to get the results that we're looking for. Another piece of logic that we need to add into it. But what we can do are some additional things that would accelerate some of the results. And that's going to require us to invest more money. Logic. Then we go into the pathos, which is the emotional appeal. What this will do for you is, and then identify an area that that person really cares about, or what this is going to help you avoid is the awkward conversation because sales is not going to hit target, blah, 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 fear of missing out, all that kind of stuff that comes into it. And then the, the Kairos thing is already taken care of because they, we already know what the pressure is on timeline, and then all it comes down to is your credibility to be able to carry the argument in ethos. Yeah, and I inadvertently set us up for success in the argument I created because <laughs> I recognized that we do need to hit the short-term target too and suggested we 
we supplement. So I think that's the second takeaway here is keep an open mind and hear the pain points from the people you're talking to and look at them as valid. <laughs> yeah, and, and think of the opportunity that exists too, because like typically if a CMO comes to you and says, hey, how do we accelerate the timeline for these existing things? If you just say, look, there's no way to do that without asking for something else and offering an alternative to be able to to do some short-term things to drive that, you're really missing out on a great opportunity. So there's there's always opportunity. Always the differentiation between a good and excellent marketer. Mark, this has been amazing. Let's talk about the content call-out. Listen, review, subscribe. We love it at Caliber Mind. I really recommend that, that everybody checks it out. But if you Thank could give, you us, much. give us where we can find you... Yeah. So, I mean, look, the easiest way to get to our podcast is to listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you go to listen to your podcast. Search the content call out. We're a B2B content marketing uh, show um, and we're backed by a B2B content marketing agency. And that's what we do on a day to day basis. Um, and it's just been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate it. Wonderful. And where can people find you online to network? Best place to do it is on LinkedIn. Reach out to me, connect with me on LinkedIn, search my name, or you can go straight to our website at contentcolon.com. Those of you listening, if you enjoy the podcast, please like, follow, subscribe, tell two friends. It really does make a difference. And for those of you looking for more content like this, check out calibermind.com. 